0: Mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, did the pandemic forever change the traditions that go along with marriage? A closer look at the modern post-COVID trends among couples who are tying the knot. Also this morning, moguls in the making. It's a competition offering minority students the tools and the opportunity to make their mark on the world, we'll get details. In our community and business spotlight this morning, an open invitation to Alan Cramp Wealth Management's Anniversary Open House. Mother's Day spending will top $25 billion this year, but you don't have to break the bank to find the perfect gift. And from Tyra's Kitchen for Mother's Day, recipes so easy, even dad can make them. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, May 6th, 2022. International No Diet Day. Now, I wonder if that has anything to do with Mother's Day coming up this weekend. I mean, (laughs) forget about it, Mom. Don't worry about it. Just, you know, indulge. Have a a good weekend. International No Diet Day. National Beverage Day. National Crepe Suzette Day. It is National Nurses Day today. So a big shout out to all of the nurses. And uh, what a terrific. Job They have done over the past couple of years, frontline workers during the pandemic and uh, such a difficult job that we sometimes take for granted National Nurses Day. It is also National Tourist Appreciation Day. Uh, no homework day today. It is International Space Day, Military Spouse Appreciation Day that is always held the Friday before Mother's Day is Military Spouse Appreciation Day. Not that every military spouse is female obviously but certainly a big salute to the uh, folks that sacrifice behind the scenes for those who sacrifice international tuba day today national public gardens day school lunch hero day (laughs) just leave that right there and maybe the biggest event of all today it is no pants day There's got to be a story behind that, but I'm not sure that I want to know what it is. Some of the uh, first things you need to know, the most important uh, buzzworthy stories to get your uh, morning started. So um, you know how the uh, Roe v. Wade question has been front and center all week long in the news with that leaked draft ruling from the Supreme Court Uh, Folks on both sides have been mobilized anticipating the final ruling from the court, which would most likely, the way it seems now, overturn Roe v. Wade, right? So uh, a date has now been set for when the Senate will try to make abortion legal across the nation by codifying it. And basically overruling the Supreme Court, overruling Roe v. Wade. That's what they want to do. They want to uh, actually make this a law, um, put it into law so that it's not left to the whims of the Supreme Court. uh, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says they will vote on a federal law this coming Wednesday. Uh, Now, this is not the first time this has happened. There have been fears that Roe v. Wade might be overturned in the past, but the last time they tried to pass a law to codify this. It failed to get enough votes, and Democrats are facing the same fate this time. It's not going to pass. But uh, Mr. Schumer says the move will expose Republican efforts to end a woman's right to choose. And this is the thing. I, I read that, and uh, you know, the Democrats want Republicans to go on the record. Are there any Republicans that are not on the record? Uh, their uh, feelings on abortion? I mean, That's part and parcel to the Republican platform, is it not? <laughs> I mean, you don't have to have a vote in Congress to know where everyone stands on this. Uh, it seems as though this is just grandstanding, which, of course, it is. Uh, the bill is seen by many as even more urgent now after the report says the Supreme Court is ready to overturn Roe v. Wade in the next couple of months. Blah, 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 blah. But uh, this, what I thought, was uh, kind of interesting. Uh, So that will be a Wednesday. That Senate vote will be Wednesday. You know it'll be uh, big headlines and all of the uh, mass media and uh, all of that. This, I thought, was uh, kind of interesting. Um, With all of the talk this week about the Supreme Court possibly moving to overturn Roe v. Wade, two Democratic lawmakers in Pennsylvania want to make men more responsible for not taking precautions to avoid unwanted pregnancies. And I think this is an interesting uh, idea, maybe whose time has come. If we're going to end abortion on demand and tell women that if they get pregnant, they need to carry the baby to term, state representatives Emily Kincaid and Christopher Rabbs said, that they have taken the first steps in creating a bill to establish a civil offense for um, that, that would allow someone who is pregnant to seek civil liabilities from the other party, from the male involved, because we know it takes two to tango, right? So person number two in that equation would be subject to civil liabilities if that individual did not take appropriate precautions to prevent a pregnancy. Uh huh, and and get this: the charge would be wrongful conception. <laughs> what I think is an interesting terminology, wrongful conception. But that would be, and I think, hey, you know, turnabout is fair play. If uh, the if the woman uh, has to carry uh, the baby to term uh, because abortion is illegal, then the man should uh, be on the hook for his role in that as well. So. We'll see if that goes anywhere, but I thought that was kind of interesting. Speaking of uh, stuff going on in, uh, in Congress and uh, legislatively, uh, this was kind of interesting, kind of flew below the radar with all of the talk over Roe v. Wade and, and all of that. Uh, maybe you missed this. Five Republican senators sent a letter to the TV Parental Guidelines Monitoring Board earlier this week urging it that it update its guidelines for tv ratings this is the uh, the people who put the uh, tv ratings in the uh, upper left-hand corner of the screen when a show begins the tv parental guidelines monitoring board uh, what they want is additional guidelines in the uh, ratings for uh, to to indicate to parents of a show has content related to sexual orientation or gender identity. So you get the uh, ratings of the TV shows up in the uh, corner of the screen. It's, uh, it may say TVPG, and then the uh, letters below the ratings that are supposed to indicate whether the show has violence or uh, suggestive dialogue or something like that. Well, they want uh, special designations that would indicate if a show has content related to sexual orientation or gender identity. Uh, this letter from Senators Roger Marshall of Kansas, Mike Lee of Utah, Mike Braun of Indiana, Kevin Kramer of North Dakota, and Steve Daines of Montana, said, in recent years, concerning topics of a sexual nature have been, become aggressively politicized and promoted in children's programming, including irreversible and harmful experimental treatments for mental disorders like gender dysphoria. The lead author of the letter, Senator Marshall of Kansas, emphasized in a follow-up email that he is especially concerned about gender uh, dysphoria, and the promotion of cosmetic treatments, as he put it, uh, to uh, address it. So stay tuned on that. I don't think that's going anywhere necessarily, but there it is. What else is going on? A couple of other uh, interesting and buzzworthy stories. Among the first things you need to know. I I don't comment on these things. I just put them out there because I think they're worth knowing. So you can make up your own mind when it comes to uh, those stories like that. How long have we heard that we have an obesity problem in this country among children? Uh, Children are leading sedentary lifestyles. They're not eating healthy. And as a result, we have a childhood obesity problem. Well, apparently, uh, while eating your vegetables is important, Kids who are vegetarians may face the opposite problem. Researchers from St. Michael's Hospital of United Health in Toronto found that while children who follow a vegetarian diet have similar levels of nutrition and growth as their meat-eating peers, they may face double the risk of being underweight. Underweight. The experts say being underweight may indicate a higher risk of malnutrition or lack of sufficient calories and nutrients necessary for proper growth. They do point out more research is needed because other lifestyle variables uh, could play a role in this as well. But the lead author of the study, Dr. Jonathan McGuire, says plant-based dietary patterns are recognized as a healthy eating pattern due to increased intake of fruits, vegetables, fiber, whole grains, and reduced saturated fat vegetarian diets appear to be appropriate for most children but be careful could lead to being underweight so the pendulum swinging back in the other direction yes obesity among children is a problem but being underweight is not good either so thought that was kind of uh, interesting a couple of other uh, items here um the world video game Hall of Fame has new inductees. This week, we got the uh, new Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, inductees. Uh, now we have the World Video Game Hall of, <laughs> Hall of Fame inductees. At the top of the list, Ms. Pac-Man, which is one of the five best-selling arcade games of all time. Kind of makes you wonder why Ms. Pac-Man wasn't in the Hall of Fame already, but it but she is now. Over 100,000 Ms. Pac-Man games were sold within five years Of its release back in the 80s. It's a huge game, Ms. Pac-Man. How many quarters did you lose in Ms. Pac-Man machines back in the day? Uh, Other video game Hall of Fame inductees, Dance Dance Revolution, Sid Meier's Civilization, and Legend of Zelda. Uh... I've heard of those, but I don't know that I've ever actually played them. Well, maybe Dance, Dance, Revolution. Have I played that once, Maybe one time. I don't know. Anyway, but uh, certainly I remember uh, losing a lot of money in Ms. Pac-Man. So to the extent that my quarters helped Ms. Pac-Man achieve Hall of Fame status, you're welcome. <laughs> and how about this? Um Practically everyone, this is a crazy story, practically everyone who has gone shopping at a secondhand store, a thrift store, an antique mall, something like that, has hoped to stumble across something that they could sell for big bucks. And uh, maybe it's a, a painting or a very rare, I don't know, trading card or record album or something like that. One college student struck gold with an ashtray recently. Artnet.com reporting that Terrell Brown, 22-year-old senior at Wheaton College, was shopping at his local Goodwill when he spotted a peculiar-looking ashtray. The item, which was still in its box, was priced at $10 and featured a depiction of an angry-looking girl with a bowl-cut hairstyle smoking a cigarette. Again, you know, ashtrays a uh, kind of quaint uh, artifact of an earlier time when smoking was uh, more socially acceptable. But so this was the uh, design on this ashtray. He recognized the style, Mr. Brown did, and uh, believed that it was a piece by artist Yosh- uh, Yoshitomo Nara, whose art is currently being resold for super hot prices. He's very hot right now. So uh, this 22-year-old college senior Coughed up the 10 bucks, took the ashtray home to see if he could flip it, make a quick buck. Um, He uh, authenticated the piece. He learned that it was indeed a NARA piece, put it up on eBay, and it sold for $2,860, which works out to be a 30,000% profit. Wow. But wait, there is more to the story. Some people of late... Uh, have. Uh, what's interesting is that Mr. Brown's story isn't the only one. Several people have uh, lately been finding original Nara pieces in thrift stores, selling them online for a tidy profit. And that has some art enthusiasts theorizing that the pieces have been planted there deliberately in order to create a frenzy and drive up prices for the works. So who knows? But I don't think this kid cares. He's... <laughs> He turned a three a 30,000% profit. I don't think he cares. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started.
1: WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Showers today, maybe a thunderstorm, a high of 61. Showers continue tonight with a low of 50. The United Way of Hancock County's 28th Annual Days of Caring has been taking place this week. Kelly Bauman is principal of Whittier Primary School.
2: We have volunteers from Cooper and Marathon who are helping us today. We have prioritized some projects out front with our landscaping, a patio area where our students can utilize for recess time or for an outdoor learning area.
1: You can see video of the volunteers in action on the website. The United Way of Hancock County will be holding a second Days of Caring in the fall. Police in Toledo have arrested a 22-year-old for last week's shooting death of a seven-month-old girl who was riding in a car with her father. Chief George Krall says it came down to old-fashioned police work with detectives going door-to-door in the neighborhood where the shooting happened.
3: I've gotten I don't know how many calls, texts, and emails from people in the, in the community saying great job. I think it shows what results can happen when we work together
1: to reduce crime. The chief says neighbors shared their doorbell camera footage with police, and that led to an arrest in the case. The Ohio Democratic Party is suing the governor's office to get more details from public records related to the House Bill 6 bribery scandal.
0: Democrats say a copy of the governor's schedule from a public records request had multiple redactions, redactions that Democrats call illegal. Cleveland.com reports that one was a meeting Governor DeWine had a month before he signed the $2 billion HB6 bailout bill into law. With a man, First Energy is named one of the people who paid millions in bribes to get the law passed. The public record does not say what the meeting was about. The governor's press secretary is saying that Governor DeWine is one of the most transparent public officials in the state. I'm Jack Crumley.
1: The Spring Art Walk will be happening in downtown Finley tonight. Artists will be located throughout the downtown area in local shops, restaurants, and businesses. Visit Finley, says Downtown Art Anchors, Finley Art League, the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts, and the Jones Building Artist Studios will be open. Artists will be on hand to discuss their work and their process, and art will be available to purchase as well. The free event is open to the entire family and will run from 5 to 9 tonight. Get more news online at WFIN.com.
0: Of course, a lot of couples either delayed or dramatically scaled back their wedding plans over the past couple of pandemic years. And just like everything else, big nuptial celebrations are back in a big way. Nearly two and a half million couples are expected to tie the knot in the U.S. this year, making 2022 the year of the wedding. Joining us to share some of the latest wedding trends is Shutterfly wedding expert, Claire Roche. Uh, Claire, what are some of the top trends you are seeing at spring and summer weddings this year?
4: Yeah, for sure. You are right. There are lots of weddings happening this year. So there are new trends, things are changing. I think the, the number one thing that I'm seeing with couples across the board is that they're getting more creative, which I think originated out of, 2020 where we had to get creative yeah, and we had to be thoughtful and change things because things we relied on before just were not happening anymore. (laughs) So we had to get creative if you wanted to get married, which I think ultimately served us. It was definitely hard at the beginning, but now we've carried it into this year and couples are having more fun with their wedding planning. They are doing things because they want to do them, not because they have to do them or because they feel like they have to do them. And ultimately they're creating days that feel more, honest and true to who they are as a couple and are just more enjoyable for them and their their friends and family. Um, I'm still seeing some bigger weddings, but a trend that I really am seeing continue is smaller weddings. I am at weddings just about every weekend as a wedding planner, so I'm seeing this in real time. and I'm not seeing as many large weddings anymore. Couples are opting for Smaller weddings with their closer friends. I'm seeing a lot of wedding weekends, which is like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday deal. Mm. You invite fewer people, but you have, you know, more time with them. Um, and, and whether you're doing a big wedding or a small wedding, again, couples are getting creative. They're customizing You know, it's interesting that couples often spend the same amount of money on a smaller wedding as they do on a bigger wedding. The money just is reallocated in different ways.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things that I I, I thought was worth pointing out is just because you're having a smaller wedding doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be less expensive. It may be, but you can certainly go overboard on a small wedding just as easily as you can on Mm a a big, uh, huge wedding.
4: Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I definitely, I think the way that I see people still spending as much money, even if there's fewer guests is just through the customization and like getting creative. So, you know, people love a churro cart. I had a churro cart as a dessert at a wedding recently and guests loved it. And so you often have more funds to do things like that. Or, you know, the bride gets a second dress for the reception or, Mm -hmm. you know, you have more flowers or you do small details that are customized. Like, custom napkins or custom favors. And that's why I love places like Shutterfly because they make it so easy to implement those little details that really do make a difference on wedding day. There's one of the custom napkins that has fun facts on it. And you put five fun facts about the couple. Uh And Every time we have those at a wedding guests are chatting about it and they're learning something new and it's just a really, really fun experience for everybody. That's cute. And so, yeah, basically I think couples are just having more fun.
0: I And you make up such a good point is that a lot of these things are maybe things that couples had wanted to do before, but because the wedding is so big, so right. elaborate you know, it wasn't really economically feasible. Now they've got the money to do that. So I guess that's uh, tip number one is to, you know, uh, continue to allocate funds appropriately. What other advice would you give to someone Mm -hmm. who is just beginning to plan their wedding at this point?
4: Yeah, I definitely encourage that you celebrate, right? After you get engaged, there is, people are bombarding with wedding planning questions Take time to celebrate and just not talk about wedding planning because (laughs) once wedding planning starts, it really does not stop, right? Until the wedding, which can be a lot. So encourage you to celebrate, set a budget, which is obviously the least fun part of wedding planning. Mm. Um, And then pick your venue, pick your venue, set a date because you need a date to really book anything else like your DJ planner, photographer, florist, so on and so forth. Super, super value to have a date. But really, I think my biggest piece of advice to couples who are planning their wedding is to prioritize. Pick your top three things with your partner that you really care about and be committed to making those things happen and focus on those things and focus on what truly matters to you. And don't get too caught up in the little details that don't matter as much to you. And and just have a flexible mindset with all of
0: it. You know, like we said, uh, a lot of couples delayed their plans during the pandemic or they scaled back and had something smaller with the idea that we're going to have a a bigger party when we can. And now we can. So uh, a lot of people in the wedding market right now, along with those couples who are just starting to plan. So that means getting married in 2022 comes with some unique challenges. How are couples navigating those things like higher prices, limited availability, and so on?
4: It's definitely challenging. I, um, As I plan weddings for other people, as a wedding planner, I'm in this every single day, and I'm experiencing it firsthand, so I totally get it. It's very real. Um, but what I've encouraged couples to do is to, again, prioritize. I really think that just is so, so helpful to pick your top three things that you really care about. Focus on those things. And, and go into wedding planning with a flexible mindset. Be willing to understand that you will do everything in your power or your planner will do everything in their power to make it all happen. But with the nature of how the wedding industry right now, go in with a flexible mindset. Focus on what matters. You're marrying your partner. You're throwing a party. Your people are going to be there, and it's going to be
0: great. Yeah, so, maybe yeah. Even, maybe even flexibility on a day. I, I see a lot more of like Friday weddings yeah. or even Sunday weddings, afternoon weddings right. as opposed to evening yeah. weddings. So yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, people thinking out of the box, uh, kind of out of necessity at this For point. Sure, yeah, but it is like you yeah. were saying earlier, right. uh, interesting that we're seeing. Uh, some of the old traditions kind of fall by the wayside, people creating new traditions or new things that maybe they thought about before this gives them the opportunity to do that.
4: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, exactly. That is actually another huge trend that I've noticed in the last couple of years is traditions are dying off. Uh, Bouquet and garter toss are happening less and less at weddings. Right. Cake cutting sometimes just doesn't even happen at all. So. Mm -hmm. Couples are just getting more creative. They're yeah. doing what
0: they actually want to do. I, and, you know, we talked at the, uh, at the outset of how would the pandemic change things moving forward. Here's a great example of uh, ways that, you know, yeah. things are uh, very much different now moving forward. Again, uh, Claire Roche is a Shutterfly wedding yeah. expert with us, talking about the latest wedding trends for 2022. Where do we get more information?
4: Shutterfly.com or find us on social media platforms like Instagram or TikTok. We've got lots of tips and tricks and inspiration To make wedding planning
0: easier for you. We'll link it up on our webpage. Claire, thanks very much. Thank you so much. Well, it is high school graduation season when young people everywhere will hear the message that the future is a blank slate just waiting for you to go out and change the world. And for those who are inspired to do just that, we are joined by Reggie Willis, He is Chief Diversity Officer at Ally to tell us more about the Moguls in the Making competition, which offers HBCU students the opportunity to learn vital business skills while competing for valuable scholarships and paid internships. And uh, Reggie, what is the Moguls in the Making competition? Explain uh, more about this.
3: Sure. Good morning, Chris, and thank you for having me. Um, I couldn't be more excited to talk about the Moguls in the Making program. So it is a great three and a half day event where we bring in 60 students representing both public and private HBCUs, and the goal is really for them to come in. Um, they're going to spend their three days with us. We fly them into Charlotte, and they spend time really solving economic mobility issues for the Charlotte area. From and it ranges from healthcare to energy to food to transportation, and the goal is for them to come in and pitch their competition. It's a competition, so they pitch their solutions. And then they end up getting judged at the end of the um, event. And we, you know, like you said earlier, we give out scholarships, we give out internships, and it is really just for us. It's an experience um, that we have enjoyed. We look forward to, we mark our calendar every year for it. So it's been a great event.
0: So uh, so there are 60 uh, participants who have the opportunity. How many students then are ultimately selected? And once they are selected, uh, how do they participate?
3: Yeah, so so once they're selected, like I said, they come into Charlotte, mm-hmm. um, and we we select the students along with. So we've got partners, so the Thurgood Marshall College Fund and the Sean Anderson Fund, so probably known better as Big Sean. So they um, TMCF goes through the selection process. So once they apply, that we we select teams of four. So out of the sixty students, they they represent um, fifteen teams, right? So and there's um, okay. teams of four, and so we pick those students, and then they come into Charlotte to you know for the competition.
0: Uh, by the way, we kind of uh, framed this conversation by referencing high school graduation season. Is this competition limited to incoming college freshmen?
3: So right now, it is for, um, for okay for college students. So you can't do, if you're an incoming freshman, you have the opportunity to apply. But typically, we we see sophomores, juniors, and seniors I applying see. for
0: the program. I see. And uh, again, you mentioned the uh, scholarships, the paid internships. Uh, are those? You reference the fact they come into Charlotte and you talk about uh, uh, solving issues within the Charlotte area. Uh, are, are they uh, required to stay in that area or do they take those ideas and such back to their own areas? How does that work?
3: Yeah, so um, we've had a lot of the students, the, the solutions they come up with stay in the Charlotte area. But mm-hmm. by no means, we are trying to create access and opportunity for these students. So we want their minds to expand and explore as far as they can. Um and, and you mentioned, so for the top three teams, we have a $20,000 scholarship for each team member for the first place. For second place, we have $10,000 scholarships for each team member. For third place, we have $5,000 scholarships for each team member. And just for participating, the remaining um, students get a $1,000 scholarship to go back to school
0: Wow. So uh, there are uh, some pretty substantial rewards to be had here. And talk about why these opportunities uh, are so important, specifically for HBCU students.
3: Absolutely. So um, when we do the data and we look at the research, less than 1% of venture capital dollars go to African-Americans. Right. So when you think about access and opportunities, this is really what the program is about, is to provide those, um, you know, both black, Hispanic, Latino students an opportunity and access to um, think big and to, to do even bigger. Right. To really think about what opportunities they have for them and how do we actually act as a conduit for those activities to take place. So we allow them to experience being in a corporate setting. We allow them to um, let their brilliant minds expand as far as trying to create solutions and really get them thinking about what does it mean to be an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur if you're going to stay in corporate America, and how do we kind of, you know, um, fire up those juices for those students to think big. So that's really what the program's about is that access and and allowing them to understand that they, they have the ability and the capability to really make a difference as they move forward.
0: And, you know, again, we reference that, you know, inspirational message that you often hear this time of year, that the future is a blank slate, go out and change the world. And uh, this really is an opportunity to drive that point home, that that applies to everyone, uh, even minority students, and to to really uh, help them take that to heart.
3: Uh, Exactly. And, And for us at Ally, we really feel like we're delivering on our mission to do it right by providing, you know, mutually beneficial opportunities, and leading by example for these students, right, to create diverse spaces, to create inclusive environments for them to think uh, about what their future could be. So it's, it's um, critically important to us. Our CEO participates every year. Many of our leaders are both judges and active participants throughout the weekend. So mm. for us, it's, it's really about, you know, exploring and living our, our values as an organization.
0: I was going to mention, this is the fourth year for this competition. And uh, obviously, you know, you guys get a lot out of it as well, um, acting as uh, judges and maybe on sub level mentors, I guess.
3: Yes, yeah, so we, we provide mentoring and coaching. Many of our employees participate throughout the weekend. And so hmm. just to give you kind of an order of magnitude, we've had 150 students go through the program. Of those 150, 36 have taken us up on on internships, and of those 36 interns, we now have 12 full-time hires that are working with us currently.
0: That is a pretty good record there. So how can students who are interested apply? uh, What is the deadline? Kind of give us the nuts and bolts of
3: this. So for students to apply in the MOBIS program, students must be current, full-time, rising sophomores, juniors, or seniors, as I mentioned before, they've got to have a a 2.75 or 3.0 GPA. So... Um, we're accepting applications through May 15th. So okay. The deadline's coming soon. But you can all, you can go to our website at ally.com forward slash moguls. Again, that's ally.com forward slash moguls.
0: Such a tremendous program. Reggie Willis, again, Chief Diversity Officer at Ally, with uh, information on the moguls in the making competition. Reggie, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it.
3: Thank you, Chris. Have a great day
5: now, the Good Mornings Community and Business Spotlight.
0: Joining us in the studio this morning is uh, Titus Allen, Certified Financial Planner with Allen Cramp Wealth Management. They are celebrating their first anniversary here in town. Still relatively new Allen Cramp Wealth Management. There are an awful lot of financial advisors, financial planners out there. What makes Allen
6: Cramp Financial Management stand out from the crowd? I'd say a few things. We take a very holistic approach to the financial... planning process. The first thing we want to do is identify a tax strategy for them. And then once we do that, we're going to look at healthcare. Are these assets structured in such a way that um, if one of the partners gets sick, it's not going to take the other partner out uh, Mm. from a lifestyle standpoint. Once we get those things nailed down, then we start looking at their legal work, estates, wills, trusts, Mm -hmm. uh, and then we look at risk management. So our position is don't take more risk than you have to to live the way you want. You call it a mousetrap approach. We're looking at everything. Everything. So by the time we're done, every uh, quarter, money comes in. We know where it's going. Uh, We know what the main objectives are for for each set of money. and, And wealth accumulates that way.
0: You are also a fiduciary. You follow a fiduciary approach, which, again, is not universal
6: in this field. Correct. And so, so we always tell people if they're going to be dealing with financial advisors, one of the things they need to look at, uh, because we realize we're not a perfect fit for everybody. We wouldn't hold that out. Um, but you know, things like CFPs or certified financial planners, we are fiduciaries in the set. So it's not just the IRA because the uh, law requires everybody at least attempt to be a fiduciary. That's We could have a long conversation on that. Um, so they'll hold a lot of people hold themselves out of fiduciaries under that umbrella but we're fiduciaries if you're talking about loans credit cards as we're putting everything together We have to tell you what's in your best interest, not ours. First and foremost. First and foremost, yes. Right now, there are an awful lot of questions
0: I would imagine that you get. from You've got inflation at 40-year highs. The uh, Fed's raising interest rates even more aggressively than what we first thought they were going to. Um, Equity markets that really did not have a very good first quarter of the year. You've got international issues that are uh, bubbling up.
6: A lot of question marks right now for people. Absolutely. And when you go pumping trillions of dollars into the system for months on end, you start to create correlations that previously did not exist. And so this is a front row seat to that. People get told their whole lives, you put the stocks and the bonds in your portfolio so that one goes up, the other goes down. That's certainly not happening this year. And so that's another thing when it comes to putting portfolios together, not just operating from just a stock bond uh, perspective. And so a lot of the clients that come in, um, because we can help manage within the 401ks that they have and leave them at work, or sometimes we actually take over the whole plan at work depending on the size of the company. Um, But that's one of the challenges with just people off the street with their 401ks is generally speaking, too many of them only have access to stocks and bonds. Mm. Um, And we're not saying those are bad. It's just um, there needs to be other things, commodities, gold, you have access to that that can, um, in this type of environment, help offset the volatility in the other two markets.
0: It strikes me that if people are hearing you speak and have no idea really what you're saying because it's, you know, talking about there, that's a perfect example of why they need a financial planner because anyone can make
6: money in a market that's always going up. 100%. So you go in these cycles where nobody needs an advisor. When there's a high growth and low inflation, like we just came off, monkeys at, with darts at, at a dartboard are going to do just as well as a lot of the advisors. But- When math starts to matter, and this will be one of those years. So you have an
0: open house coming up later today to introduce yourself to folks who may not be familiar uh, with you to celebrate that uh, first anniversary. Give us the details on this.
6: Uh, 430 to 8, and we're located directly across from uh, the Marathon headquarters where the old Greeks building and we've spent some time just updating it you know that was a big part of finley history and ron and i are big finley advocates and uh, we do eat our own cooking so if you look around downtown we, we have a few few buildings and we're always looking to invest in finley
0: and because that is the same time as art walk is going on
6: you have you're kind of tied into that as well yes again want to be part of the community want people to know that we're here for a long time it's more of the the marketing was more of Finley's best kept secret. We would seriously ask people, how did you find us? Um, And since we moved, it's like, well, I guess it's time to let people know that we're here. And and, and so this is our uh, invitation to people to come uh, see what we're about.
0: Again, Titus Allen is certified financial planner with Allen cramp wealth management in the community and business spotlight this morning. Titus, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thank you, sir.
5: The community and business spotlight is a promotional advertisement Paid for by the featured sponsor.
0: Well, don't look now, but Mother's Day is right around the corner. And this year, consumers will spend an estimated $25 billion plus on mom. Well, not on your mom specifically, maybe, but uh, joining us this morning is lifestyle expert Bethany Braun Silva with uh, some gifting ideas uh, to bring a smile to any mom's face. Uh, One of the, obviously, Bethany, one of the uh, biggest retail holidays of the year. Uh, So you have some tips on uh, making the whole gifting process a little easier.
5: Yes. you know It's not only important to know this year's top gifts, but also the best ways to get them. But I will tell you a few of the trends that we're seeing include flowers, jewelry, and sweets. Those spa visits, restaurant meals, and even electronics continue to see record levels of spending. But if you're wondering how to get these gifts into your mom's hands, DoorDash has everything you need to treat mothers this Mother's Day, including those restaurant meals, baked goods, traditional gifts, alcohol, and now they even have flowers. So this Mother's Day, you can order mom a beautiful bouquet of flowers available on demand through DoorDash. And actually, they've partnered with more than 4,000 local and national florists across the country for on-demand delivery. And this really is the best way to send flowers to all the moms in your life, whether you want to schedule a delivery in advance or send a bouquet across the country or even have flowers delivered on demand, DoorDash is making it easy and very convenient to gift moms flowers
0: this mother's day and removing all the excuses now so <laughs> no more excuses for missing it uh you know how it, we all know this moms uh, generally put themselves last they generally put everyone else in the family be, uh, ahead of them sacrifice on beauty and style and so on and so forth you have ways that we can gift uh mom um uh, basically the best version of herself tell us about this
5: Yeah, I mean, I know this all too well. I'm a mom of two boys, and I spend a ton of time with them, and it really does bring me so much happiness, but sometimes I just want to get dressed up and do a day with my girls. So this Mother's Day, I recommend finding a cute and fashionable dress for every woman on your list, including yourself, of course. And for that, I turn to Kohl's. So whether you're attending a brunch or you want to give the gift of some must-have staples, Kohl's exclusive Draper James RSVP, Simply Vera Vera Wang, and Laura. Lane for Sonoma Collections has something for everyone. There's florals, there's stripes and patterns, and there really is, it's such a fun way for moms to express their personal style and their taste in clothing. So Coles is here to make shopping a breeze for everyone, especially for all the moms in your life.
0: So you talk about style uh what about the what about beauty uh you have uh something here to enhance uh mom's beauty routine or beauty regime
5: mother's day is really all about making mom feel her best while she spends time with loved ones and if we feel good on the inside we're going to want to show it on the outside and we talk a lot about skincare but today i want to focus on hair and especially curly hair if you're a curly girl you know that your hair needs a little extra love so for those curls that transform through heat, color, protective styling, and more, Diva Curl offers the curl bond repair line that allows you to live your curls without the fear of damage in just one wash. Diva Curl's patented curl bond complex is dermatologist co-developed, backed by science, and its stylist approved. It repairs broken bonds and recoils curls from the inside out, helping curls to flex through heat, color, detangling, and everything in between. And all the Diva Curl Curl Bond products are made with everything curls love and nothing they don't. So they're vegan and cruelty free and made without sulfates, silicones, and parabens. And I have to say, this really is such a great gift idea for any mom on a curly journey. And you can find more information about those Diva Curl products over at divacurl.com.
0: Lifestyle expert Bethany Braun-Silva with us this morning. Some uh, great ideas to bring a smile to all of the moms, uh, the face of all the moms in your life. Where do we get uh, more of these ideas? We can actually, uh, you've got them on your website, right?
5: Yep. For all of these Mother's Day gifting ideas, you can head over to my website, BethanyBraun.com.
0: Bethany, thanks very much for taking the time and happy Mother's Day. Thank
5: you so much.
2: We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert.
0: Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to us is a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veteran Services. You know, giving a false name to the cops uh, is really a bad idea, especially when it's the name of a uh, popular fictional character. <laughs> Police in Dunedin, Florida, performed a vehicle stop on Sunday night and found a handgun, ammunition, and a trafficking amount of narcotics, as they described it, inside the vehicle. Since the drugs appeared to belong to a male passenger in the car, police asked him to identify himself. The man provided the name Tyler Durden, according to the arrest report. The police apparently did not realize at first the name belonged to a character from the 1999 film Fight Club. (laughs) But when they ran it through the database, they were unable to locate a subject by that name. Again, according to the police report. So using a fingerprint scanner, they were able to identify the uh, passenger in the vehicle as Todd Michael Burns, who has a long rap sheet and and is currently on probation for a 2019 conviction for meth meth possession. Police say after his true identity was revealed, he admitted to giving a false name. Uh, He said it was because he didn't know why he was being arrested. (laughs) I I didn't know why I was being arrested. Well, let's see. Um, I've got a a handgun, ammunition, and a traffic amount of narcotics, and I am on probation for a previous drug arrest. Why in the world would you be uh, under arrest? Not the brightest bulb in the bunch. Uh, He is uh, facing an assortment of felony drug and weapons charges, as well as a misdemeanor count uh, tacked on for providing a false named law enforcement. So (laughs) as if all of the other charges weren't enough, he just made more trouble for himself. (laughs) At least he didn't give the name Homer Simpson or something like that. You know, it could have been worse. Uh, Let's see here. Speaking of uh, weapons, the TSA... Uh, at an airport in Virginia uh, recently sighted f- <laughs> a man after he was discovered trying to take 23 weapons uh, onto a plane in his carry-on bag. 23 weapons. <laughs> I understand if you know you have a pocket knife in your carry-on bag, you didn't really realize it was there. I mean things like that will happen from time to time. But 23 weapons. Uh, Passenger said he had no idea that they were there. TSA confiscated the uh, weapons. The man was allowed to uh, board the plane, but uh, without his weapons. (laughs) 23 of them. Speaking of uh, airlines, always weird things these days going on. Uh, On airplanes, a passenger on a United Airlines flight is in custody after opening an emergency exit door while the plane was taxiing toward the gate and sliding down the plane's wing. He opened an emergency exit door sliding down the plane's wing. Apparently, just couldn't wait. I mean, the plane was taxiing to the gate. He was going to be able to get off pretty soon anyway. Anyway. The airline says it happened at O'Hare International Airport yesterday morning. Uh, Other passengers were able to deplane just fine after the incident. Flight originated from San Diego into Chicago. I mean, that's a long flight. I understand you're eager to get off the plane, but little patience goes a long way. This is kind of interesting, uh, certainly an eyebrow raising story worthy of the broken news. According to a report in the British newspaper The Sun, scientists are planning to launch nude photos of people into space <laughs> in order to try to attract aliens. <laughs> well, we've tried everything else, we haven't been able to make uh, extraterrestrial contact, so why not? <laughs> The, uh, scientists believe, uh, let's see here. The pictures are only drawings of a man and a woman waving to look inviting. (laughs) Uh, illustrations of nude men and women waving to the aliens. (laughs) I don't know if this makes them more or less likely to want to make contact with earthlings. And frankly, um... I'm thinking this could backfire, because if uh, aliens see this, uh, and they are truly advanced creatures, as we uh, always depict them in the movies, you know, that they are so much more scientifically advanced than we are, uh, they're going to see these things and say, these people no longer deserve to live. We're going to destroy this planet. Do you know what I mean? Um Scientists believe these illustrations could help us finally make contact with extraterrestrials. Along with the human drawings, scientists also drew a DNA structure and tried to illustrate gravity uh, to the. Well, doesn't don't all planets have some measure of gravity? I mean, if aliens are smart enough to be able to contact us, they probably figured out gravity. I would think. Anyway, the message is part of a project called Beacon in the Galaxy. It aims to send a message to any alien civilizations that could be out there.
6: <laughs> I don't know.
0: I'm thinking maybe these scientists have been locked in a lab too long. You know what I mean? That's. And finally, in the broken news this morning, you know, museums sometimes feature some bizarre works of art and... They can be confusing for some patrons, but this one takes the cake. A woman uh, at the Paris Musée Picasso. Let's try that again. The Musée Picasso in Paris uh, thought that a jacket hanging in the gallery was actually just some jacket that somebody left behind. So she swiped it for herself It turns out that uh, the 72-year-old woman had actually stolen a piece of interactive artwork by Catalan artist Oriol Villanova, which was an old jacket filled with postcards uh, from around the world that depicted Picasso's art. And this was a display paying homage to uh, the artist Picasso. Uh, but here's the thing. She did more than just check out the postcard. She grabbed the jacket, stuffed it in her bag, and ran out. And then she took it to a tailor for alterations. So that <laughs> <laughs> the uh, incident was captured on the museum surveillance cameras. Uh, they say the unidentified woman uh, took the uh, jacket to a tailor, had it altered to fit her. But, but like any bad criminal... She returned to the scene of the crime a couple of days later. Obviously, she was apprehended by museum security, who were already on the lookout. The woman admitted during her interrogation that she did, in in fact, take the jacket, but she claimed she had no idea it was a piece of artwork on display. Uh, Police searched her house and found the rest of the artwork. And uh, also, uh, they then reported that the sleeves of the jacket had been shortened. The case was eventually dropped. She was let off with a warning, but she is now um, under guardianship, it says here. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, the artist uh, is upset because he says that the museum security stinks. <laughs> it does seem like the museum security is lacking a bit. But hey, they caught her anyway. There you go. Uh, that <laughs> is the broken news. This morning, this update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming.
6: This is Ed Vance with OSU Extension. It's planning season. Drivers will be sharing roads with tractors and farm machinery. Be alert for slow moving vehicles, especially on roads with limited visibility. Watch out for equipment pulling in and out of fields. Drivers and farmers, let's work together this spring to keep our roads safe and accident-free. This message from WFIN and 95.5 FM.
0: And now your daily download. The numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. So this weekend, I don't know what your plans are this weekend, but if you know any Gen Zers... You know those young people who were born between the ages of or between the years of 1997 and 2012 that fall into that Gen Z category. If you have any Gen Zers, maybe your kids are now grown and they're in that uh, that age range. You might want to think twice, reconsider before visiting their homes. And here is why: According to a new survey, one in four. Of that demographic, Gen Zers have never cleaned a toilet. <laughs> never <laughs> cleaned a toilet. Furthermore, more than a third of Gen Zers admit that they don't pick up pick up after their dogs when they're walking them. The survey of 1,000 people, pulled by Cinch Home Services, also took notice of what dirty jobs Americans as a whole hate most. said taking out the trash was their least favorite chore. Presumably, they do that, but that's their least favorite. Cleaning the toilet was a close second at 81.6%. But again, you would hope that even though you don't like it, you recognize that it's something you have to do and you do it anyway, but apparently not Gen Zers. (laughs) One in four has never cleaned the toilet. Uh, nine in 10 respondents said that they would perform certain gross gross chores themselves if they knew how to. Uh, 34% would rather delegate the disgusting chores to a family member or partner. <laughs> they get somebody else to do it. 32% won't do the dirty jobs they have to do because they are just simply too disgusting. 36%. Now, that's one in three, or 32%. That's that's still, that's one in three. And they're just too disgusting. I won't do it at all. I don't know. I think this Mother's Day weekend, uh, have a f- serious talk with your adult children is what that tells me. You know, I really hate days like this. Me I mean, days that, because... There's no sunshine. These are the kind of days where you have to turn on the lights in the house even in the middle of the day because it's just not bright enough. Right. With the sun streaming through the window. We
2: need some
5: sunshine. We need some
0: sunshine. Good news is it looks like it's going to be a little nicer over the weekend and next week is going to be gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I hope so. Anyway, (laughs) my wife Kyra has joined us in the studio this morning. It is time once again for another collection of easy to make recipes from Kyra's kitchen. So easy, in fact, that even dad can make them. Yes.
2: Good Mother's Day (laughs) stuff
0: here. Good Mother's Day stuff. (laughs) Uh, Recipes so easy, even dad can make them. Yes. And uh, we begin with one that actually was uh, sent to us by uh, Beverly Gossman. Uh, Bev is a uh, uh, regular listener and uh, she uh, sent a couple of uh, recipes. This is one of them for what she calls pasta spaghetti pizza.
2: Yes. So a half a package, an eight ounce of eight ounce uh, spaghetti, mm-hmm. uh, one egg, quarter cup of milk, half a cup of mozzarella cheese, a half a teaspoon of garlic powder, a quarter teaspoon of salt, and then your toppings for your spaghetti. Mm-hmm. So break your spaghetti into two inch piece- pieces. Cook as directed, drain and cool in a large bowl. Beat your eggs, stir in your milk and your mozzarella cheese, your garlic powder and your salt. Add your cooked spaghetti, stir until thoroughly combined and then grease a nine by nine inch pan or, you know, one similar Um, spread spaghetti mixture uh, in the bottom of the pan and bake for about 15 minutes at 375. Then remove from the oven. Reduce your heat to about 350 degrees. Spread your sauce over your noodles. Your
0: spaghetti sauce. Yes, your spaghetti
2: sauce or your pizza sauce. If you prefer that, that's fine. You can do that. Yeah. Uh, Sprinkle with some oregano. I didn't have any oregano, so I used my Italian seasoning, which was good too. Yeah. Um, Mozzarella cheese, uh, pepperoni, and any other toppings that you like. Whatever other toppings that you like, because, you know, it's pizza. Yes. Uh, Then um, sprinkle with some more mozzarella cheese i <laughs> If you want, <laughs> so however much cheese you like. Yeah. So a lot of people, some people like lots of cheese. Like
0: that extra cheese. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
2: bake for about 30 minutes. Let's stand for about 5 minutes. Slice and serve.
0: Yeah, it's real easy. It was uh, yeah. really yummy. We had it uh, earlier this week. Yes. So Beverly, thank you very much for that uh, recipe. And again, easy enough that even dad can make yeah. it. Uh, to go along with that, we have a side of roasted vegetable salad. Yes.
2: So this is half pound of half pound bag of Brussels sprouts, uh, thinly sliced, uh, one cup of sliced carrots, 10 ounce uh, red uh, red cabbage chopped, uh, one, eight, one eight ounce package of shelled uh, Edmund beans. And these are sort of a bean that's across. Between a lima bean and a kidney bean, but a little bit smaller and crunchier, and they're used on salad a lot. Okay. Um, Then three tablespoons of olive oil, salt and pepper to taste, and balsamic glaze. So pre your oven to four hundred and twenty-five degrees. Spray a large baking sheet with cooking spray. Put the vegetables in a large bowl. Add the oil, seasoning with salt and pepper. Toss, coat, arrange on a single layer on the baking sheet. Mm -hmm. Roast in the oven for about 30 to 40 minutes. Um, I uh, would toss them, you know... A couple times, okay. stir them around. All right, so like um, every
0: 10 minutes you bring them out and no, stir I don't them know around. about every
2: 10 minutes, maybe once, once or twice. Oh, okay, so then. about midway through. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, make sure they're golden brown and a little crisp. Let cool on the baking sheet. Um, put the ve- uh, put the vegetables on a serving plate. Drivel- drizzle with your balsamic glaze and serve.
0: So again, the reason why you're tossing those is to make sure they don't get overdone Correct. on one side. Yes, uh, so, and it helps really- crisp them up too. Right, uh, so there you go—the uh, pasta, spaghetti, pizza, and the roasted vegetable salad. Now you'll note that both of those recipes require Dad to use the oven. The oven. Uh, so if Dad is a little hesitant about that, right? Uh, <laughs> don't want to burn down the house. Uh, he can, at the very minimum, yes. make the no bake. Cherry cheesecake dessert. Yes.
2: So this is a crust is 20 Oreo cookies crushed with with the filling in them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Four tablespoons of butter melted. Uh, Your filling is eight ounces of cream cheese at room temperature. One cup of powdered sugar. Eight ounce whipped topping. One teaspoon of vanilla extract. And then your topping is your canned cherry pie filling. So stir your cookies and your melted butter in a small bowl. Uh, with a fork until all cookies are moistened with butter. The press this into the bottom of, of an eight by eight inch pan chill until filling is ready. Um, so you're going to then you're going to make your your filling so mm-hmm. you can chill that in the fridge until it's ready right use a hand mixer to mix your powdered sugar your cream cheese until combined mix in your vanilla fold in your whipped topping spread that on top of the chilled crust top with your cherry pie filling chill until set about an hour or so
0: mm-hmm. and
2: then serve
0: simple as that yes so again something that uh, dad and the kids oh, yes. can make uh, as a dessert for mom for yeah. mother's day and you don't even have to touch the oven there and uh, that is even uh, even easier so there you go recipes for the spaghetti pizza the roasted vegetable salad and the no-bake cherry cheesecake dessert for mother's day Uh, recipes from Kyra's kitchen are posted on the Kyra's kitchen facebook page uh, at Kyra's kitchen wfin is where you find us you can go to the wfin facebook page we've got those uh shared there yep And also you can get to the uh, Kairos Kitchen Facebook page uh, that way. We also have them linked up at goodmornings.net. So plenty of ways to uh, get those recipes in case you uh, want to check those and Mm -hmm. uh, do that way. Like our Facebook page and uh, you get more uh, goodies and and stuff like that too. Uh, As well. Yep.
2: are we running some time? I hope everybody has a good Mother's Day. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I want every mom to have a great Mother's Day and enjoy some great recipes.
0: There you go. Uh, some some grapefruit. Whatever you do, mom, don't uh, don't cook yourself. Yes, uh, please don't cook yourself. Either have let them do it. Either either have dad and the yep. the kids uh, make you dinner with yep. some of those recipes, or at the very least, go out and and right. uh, uh, just stay out of the kitchen. The, you, um, I know you're uh, you're going to be. Uh, Doing a uh, shopping
6: trip this week. Yes, girls. I'm
2: taking off. I'm going to Columbus. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going it. to Columbus and be with my bestie for the weekend. Yeah,
6: because so. somebody
2: else is going somewhere to rest. Yeah, soccer. I'm, well,
0: we're, I'm. You're gone. You're gone. So I, I thought, was like, fine. I'll I thought go. the best thing that I could do for Mother's Day is get out of the house. The <laughs> <laughs> best thing that I can do is just vacate the premises. Our, and uh, one so, of
2: recipe, our, one of the uh, Mother's Day that we had though, and you cooked. You did sweet and sour chicken with the boys, and it was really good, and I was very impressed, and it was when the kids were really, really young. So yeah, that was a long (laughs) time ago, (laughs) but he did it, and it was good. So guys, you can do it.
0: There you go. (laughs) It's uh, walk down memory lane uh, here this morning. Uh, if you, by the way, uh, thanks again to Beverly Gossman for the uh, recipe. If you have yes, one that you want to share, uh, you can uh, you can post it to the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page. If you uh, like it, you uh, mm-hmm. like our page, you can post uh, that way. You can email it to us or, or whatever. And uh, if there's something you are looking for, yes. uh, by all means, let us know. And uh, we'll get Kyra on the cage, the cage I there. I always
2: like new recipes. Absolutely.
0: My wife, Kyra, uh, with her recipes from Kyra's Kitchen this morning. Ky, thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will finish off our podcast for today and close things out for the week. I want to thank all of our guests, of course, for joining us. Uh, on the program, remember, you can get more details on all the things we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net. We are always on 24-7 on the World Wide Web. You can also connect with us on social media. Shoot us an email if there's something you want to share directly. Sign up for our daily email newsletter and more. It's all at goodmornings.net. So until Monday morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you have had a good morning, going out, make it a good day, a great weekend. Happy Mother's Day. We'll catch you back here next week.